to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, uh, Pastor Jeff and his bride are celebrating their 30th wedding anniversary this weekend. And so, man, next time you see him, tell him congratulations. That's awesome. Because uh, in today's whew, crazy world, not a lot of that. So I love that, and I celebrate them and always want to give, um, just give props to them. Pastor Jeff's one of the best pastors uh, in the whole world. He truly operates in the, the five-fold ministry of pastor, and so I'm thankful for him, and I know you are too. Um, it's not very often I get a chance to speak and so, forgive me if I'm a little rusty. I'm already sweating. Uh, whoo, hallelujah. But um, last weekend, we had Shep. Uh, was anybody here to hear him? That was so awesome, man. I needed that. But one thing he did is something I've always loved is he had a stand for the reading of the Word of God. So, I'm going to ask you to do the same. I know you just sit down, but we're going to do some church calisthenics this morning. Hallelujah. We need them anyway. I know I do. We're going to read the Word of God, then we'll pray. So, Matthew 6. Uh, starting in verse 5, if you'll read just along with me. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. But assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. (laughs) And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you of yours. Let's pray. So, Father, I I do thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I pray that it would hit its mark, that it would hit the bullseye of men's hearts today. Lord, let it do what you sent it to do. You said you you sent your word and you healed them. So I pray that you would do that this morning. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Now, you may actually finally be seated, and I'm going to let us stay there. Well, amen. Uh, I want to talk to you about prayer this morning. The title of this message is called, When You Pray. Um, Jesus taught us how to pray. He said those words, when you pray, 
do it like this. And so um, this is something that if you've been serving God six days or if you've been serving God 60 years, I guarantee you, you can use what Jesus said to us. He said, when you pray, pray this way. So I'm gonna walk us through the Lord's Prayer this morning. Um, I have seven points. I know every good preacher has three, but guess what? I'm not a preacher, I'm a worship leader, and seven's a great number, so we went with seven. And so um, the good news is, in case you're scared of seven points, I can't preach very long because I can barely listen to myself because, you know, I'm a musician, so whatever. Um, So don't worry about being in here all day because you won't. But when you first get saved, or maybe you go to a conference or um, a, a men's retreat or a women's retreat or a church camp or something like that, you come out and you feel like you're on a spiritual high. Has anybody ever experienced the spiritual high? It's a great feeling. I love the spiritual high. It's like faith in me is not a mustard seed right now. That sucker's a humongous tree of some kind. You know what I'm saying? You can just take on hell with a water gun type attitude, you know? Yeah, amen. But at some point in your walk with Christ, the spiritual high is gonna wear off. And what you need is spiritual disciplines in your life. Because it's the spiritual disciplines day in and day out that are gonna help you to overcome. Do we have any athletes in the room? Raise your hand. I'm putting mine down. We got no athletes. There's not a single, oh, there's one, there's one. Okay, so we got some athletes. Well, Lord knows I'm not an athlete. I personally know a few musicians that are both athletes and musicians, and, you know, God bless them, whatever. I'm not that way. Do we have any musicians in the room? I'll raise my hand for that. Okay, so... um, Don't we have, speaking of musicians, don't we have the best group of musicians in the entire world? I'm telling you, God has blessed us in this church richly, and I just so excited to see what all God's going to do with the musicians at God and all the worship leaders in this church. Thank you, Lord. I teach music lessons on the side, and um, if I was to take my son or daughter, daughters, sorry, and teach them some guitar, let's say. And let's say I taught them three chords. And here's how you play them. Now go home and practice these three chords. I'll see you next week. And they come back next week, and I say, well, how'd it go? How'd your practice go? They say, man, I practiced an hour and a half one day. And my fingers bled, and it was awesome. And I'm like, all right, well, let me hear it and they would play those three chords for me, I guarantee you they would not be much better at those three chords than they were the day I taught them a week ago. However, if they would have gone home and practiced 10 to 15 minutes, six days in a row, they would have increased dramatically. I see this pattern over and over and over again in my, in my, in my students. And what it's called is muscle memory. They're building muscle memory. They don't have to think, well, this finger goes here and this finger goes here and yeah, there it is. Hallelujah. Like they don't have to think that because they're doing it repetition over and over and over. Y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? What I want you to know this morning is spiritual disciplines are the exact same way. You need to build spiritual muscle memory with the word of God. 
with prayer and with worship. You do it over and over and over, and it does something inside of you that one long time can't do. Are y'all with me? Okay, I'm gonna say something to you. If the only time you consistently have a time of worship and prayer and the word of God is in a place like this, friends, you're weak. You're weak, and you, no matter what you may look like on the outside, you are weak spiritually, and you need more than that. Matter of fact, when I was thinking about today and that whole point, I, I started searching for some pictures on the internet, and I found a picture that I thought kind of described what I'm trying to say here. You think you look like this guy, but in reality, spiritually, come on, if you only worship and pray and get in your word on Sunday morning, that's really what you look like. (laughs) I cannot make myself laugh. I've been fighting this cough all week long. Hallelujah. You can take that off there before I stare at that any longer, because I wish I looked like that one guy. Woo, thank you, Lord. But in all reality, there's some truth to that. You have to do it daily. There is something about daily. Let's start with point number one. Start by exalting the name of God. You start with worship. It's that simple. It says, verse nine says, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. That's just worship. You just start out by worship. Father, I just thank you today. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Then you pull out one of these bad boys right here and you put a worship song on. Just one song. That's all it takes. You know, four or five minutes, unless you're into like Jesus culture, then it's like 11 or 12 minutes, but whatever. Each to his own. It doesn't matter. The point is, is you're getting your mind off of you and you're setting it upon him. You're taking your mind's attention and your heart's affection and you're placing it upon him. You start out with worship. It gets me out of the way. It gets you out of the way. It's not all about me, 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 I, I, I. It's about him, you. You are this God, holy, holy, holy. And you start out with worship. I call it the reset. I don't know about you, but I need a reset every day. And it resets my mind to think upon him and not about me and what's going on in my life. So we start out with worship. Uh, Number two, we declare God's authority in and through our lives. Verse 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is my opinion that this is the most powerful prayer that Jesus prayed in the entire Bible. I always talk about it in worship. I talk about how Jesus prayed, Father, let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to say the word authority. Now tell your neighbor, authority. Do you know that as a believer In Jesus, as a son or a daughter of the Most High God, you carry inside of you his authority to establish 
his kingdom that already is in heaven upon this earth. You have authority. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. So I, I searched, you know, Google, the definition of an ambassador. It says, an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. Philippians 3.20 says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, I want you to know, you may be, I may be a temporary citizen of the United States of America, but our true citizenship is in heaven. Come on. And what we need to do through prayer is establish that citizenship and we release it on the earth. And that's what it's about. We're praying, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We take that authority and we use it. You need to use it. You need to use it for your family. You need to use it for your kids. You need to use it for your sons. You need to use it for your daughters. You need to use it for your spouse. You need to use it for your job. You need to use it for your neighbors. You need to use it for this temporary government that we serve under right now, amen? I'm telling you, you have the authority to establish heaven on this earth. So use it. Y'all still with me? All right, number three. We're gonna ask God for his daily provision, both spiritually and physically. The verse is number 11. It says, give us this day our daily bread. I wanna ask you a question. Did it say, give us this week our daily bread? Give us this Sunday our daily bread? No, give us this day. There's something about, and the more we dig into this, day, day after day after day, repetition. I need fresh bread today. I need a fresh word from God today. I need a fresh touch from God today. Sure, do we miss a day every now and then? 100%. But I'm telling you, give us this day, our daily bread. See, the temptation for me is when I come to prayer in the mornings is to come and say, Oh, Lord, thank you for this day. Today's the day you have made, and I just rejoice in it. Now, whew, Lord, let me tell you what all I need. And I start with this list of stuff that I need in my life, and I need him to help me with. The list is real, but I'm telling you, there's a time in our prayer for that list, but it's not at the first. The first is worship, right? We're gonna worship God. Then we're gonna declare his authority on earth, and then we're gonna come to God and ask him for our daily bread, this is more than just a spiritual thing. It is also a physical thing. We have needs both spiritually and physically. Um, Philippians 4.19 says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Psalm 23.1, I love this, says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Come on, somebody needs to say amen to that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Every time I walk into a music store, I'm quoting that verse. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, Matthew 6, 25, all these, it's talking about, don't worry about your life. 
what you'll eat, what you drink, what you need for your body, what clothes you wear. Uh, if the Lord feeds the birds of the air and clothes them in the lily of the fields, how much more does he care for you? I love this. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then what things? All, all these things shall be added unto you. So when I come to the Lord and I'm saying, Lord, give me this day, my daily bread. You know what I'm really doing? I'm laying down my worries at his feet. I'm casting my cares on him because I know he cares for me. And so I, I ask for spiritual food, literally, spiritually, we need food. that says the word is the bread of life. How many of you, when we leave here today, maybe you're gonna go to a restaurant and you're gonna eat a nice, awesome lunch, and after that, your flesh, it feels like nourished and satisfied and full. It's like, ah, I'm not hangry anymore. Praise the Lord, right? Because anybody in here get hangry? I'm telling you what, it's a real thing. That definition should have been in the Bible a thousand years ago because I, hangry is like a real deal. My flesh needs nourishment. But in the same exact way that our flesh needs to eat, we are a spirit man, and our spirit needs to eat from the Word of God. Have you ever sit down and just read like a psalm or something like that, and it just, something inside of you just feels hmm, nourished, like I ate something. We are more than flesh. We are a spirit. You have to feed your spirit. So spiritually, we're looking for the bread of life. Listen to this. We need God's wisdom and understanding. So a practice that I have is I read a proverb a day. There's never more than 31 days in a month. And so whatever day it is, today's the seventh, I'm reading Proverbs 7. If I miss a day or two, I'll come back, it'll be Proverbs 9. Whatever day it is, I'm reading a proverb because we need wisdom and we need understanding. Proverbs 3, 13 says, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding, for her proceeds are better than profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you desire cannot compare with her. I love that. Proverbs 4, I'll just take, every, almost every proverb talks about it, but Proverbs 4 says, number seven, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all your getting, get understanding. You and I we have to have wisdom and we have to have understanding in order to be successful believers walking in this fallen world, amen? I have a saying. I'm gonna take credit for it because I did make it up and most stuff I did not. A proverb a day keeps the stupid away. I need that, like on a shirt or a hat or something, so if anybody wants to do that, praise the Lord. But it's true. A proverb a day keeps the stupid away. I don't know about you, but I have so much. I, I could do stupid things all the time. I, I, if I didn't have the grounding and the rooting of the word of God in my life, every decision I make could just be borderline stupid. I need his word to root me and ground me. So when I start thinking about something dumb, I read that and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what happens to that guy that does that stupid thing. Come on, I'm being real here. Does anybody else struggle with that? I'm telling you, you need the wisdom of God. You need the understanding of God to successfully follow after Jesus. 
in your life. Also, number three of this is we need God's benefits. Does anybody in here have a good job where they give you benefits? Thank God for benefits, amen? Maybe you have health benefits or, or retirement or whatever it be. Do you love benefits? Guess what? There's benefits in the word of God. And I'm telling you, Psalm 68, 19 says, blessed be the Lord who daily, there that word is again, loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Psalm 103, starting at verse two says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That's right, who forgives all your iniquities. Somebody should be saying amen to that. Who heals all of your diseases. There should be an amen for that too. Who redeems our life from destruction. Who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Does anybody want the benefits of the Lord in their life? I'm telling you, it comes from the word of God. He daily loads you up. So if you go a week and you haven't been in the word, you're just missing some of the goodness of his benefits every day because he loads us up every day. Number four, we're gonna ask God for his grace and forgiveness. The verse is verse 12, and forgive us our debts. That's the first half of that verse. You know, there's two words that are pretty unpopular in our culture today. And those words are sin and repentance. They're not, they're not popular words. Uh, nobody wants to hear about sin because they don't like to be corrected. My flesh hates to be corrected. I understand that very well. But sin and repentance are something that, here's the deal. Everyone in this room, we're sinners. We have all fallen short of his, of his righteousness, right? But that's why he sent Jesus. And so we just come to him and man, just lay it out. Lord, you know, I have this, 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 and this in my life. And I just, God, I just give it to you. I just repent of it. And I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, that I don't have to live under that shame. And that's as simple as it is. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this one because I'm telling you, Jesus paid the ultimate price that you and I could never pay for our sin. And we simply come to God and just lay it out before him and walk in his forgiveness and walk in his goodness. I love this verse, uh, Psalm 103, eight says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. (laughs) Listen to this. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor has he punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Friend, that's the best news on earth right there because you can go west and never get to east. He chooses to forget it and that it was never happened. The Lord's mercies are new every single day. But I do think it is important that we come before him and we confess our sin to him and we say, God, I repent. It's important enough for Jesus to write it, then it's important enough for us to do it, amen? All right, we're gonna keep going. Number five, the second half of this verse, Matthew 6, 12, says, as we forgive our debtors. Now, 
I'm just going to take a minute and I'm going to park the car right here because this is a huge deal. I am actually convinced that this single issue is one of the biggest and most important spiritual disciplines that there is as a believer, and that is learning to forgive. I want to say something strong to you, church. If you can't forgive, you're not going to be a follower of Jesus. I know that hits pretty hard and it's pretty solemn, but I'm telling you, you have to learn to forgive in order to follow Jesus. If you, look, you hear the Lord's Prayer, the very next two verses say, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you. That should be like the scariest verse you may have ever read. It is for me. It hits really hard. Matter of fact, it's so weighty to think through the process that there's actually something that I could do that would cause my father not to forgive me. I'm not telling you it's a heaven or hell issue, but I am telling you it is a weighty, weighty issue that after Jesus taught us, when you pray, pray like this. This is how you do it. And then he finished it off with these two verses talking about if you don't do this, your heavenly father is not going to forgive you. Friend, that is serious. It, it is so serious, and I want you to grasp this this morning. It's really where I want to park for a second because I, I could preach an entire sermon on this one verse. For, I want to say something to you about forgiveness. Did you know that forgiveness is not a feeling, but it's a decision? It's simply a decision. I have decided that I'm going to obey the word of God, and therefore, I'm going to do it. You may never feel like it. And I want you to hear something. I'm actually really serious about this. I am not minimizing the hurt that someone has caused you. I am not telling you that that betrayal is not very real. I am not saying just slough it off and, oh, I'll just go on. It's no big deal. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying to you is that you have to forgive those people every single day. You must walk in forgiveness. You must use this spiritual discipline in your life in order to successfully follow Christ. It is a, it is a must. We went to um, a freedom conference, and I love the statement that they use in there, which is not new to me, but it, it, just, it just rang true. Decisions lead, feelings follow. I'm going to say it again. Decisions lead. I am deciding to be obedient to the word of God. Eventually, my feelings are going to catch up. Because guess what? I'm going to tell you something about our feelings. You know what our feelings are? They're liars. My feelings can lie to me. Has anybody ever been led astray by your emotions? Nobody. I'm the only one in here. Has anybody ever been led astray by your emotions? Your feelings can lie to you, but the word of God is not lying. It is the rock on which we build our life. And I'm telling you, you must walk in forgiveness. Jesus said, 
Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. When I get to this point in my prayer time with the Lord, I'm just, it's simply like this. And Lord, I just forgive this person. I forgive this person. And I forgive this person. And I bless them today. God, I pray for them. I just pray for them in Jesus' name. And, that, and, and, and I just go on. I'm deciding to forgive. And eventually, my feelings are gonna catch up. I'm not telling you you have to go to that person. I'm telling you between you and God in that prayer time, you just begin to forgive. You begin to forgive, and I'm telling you, it's like, I remember Pastor Jeff, he talked about the water hose becoming unkinked. It's like the flow of heaven. It just releases the flow of heaven in your life when you begin to forgive. You have to forgive. You say, how much are you gonna talk about this? Well, a lot, because it's that big of a deal. Another example is, unforgiveness in your life is like you drinking poison and hoping that they die. It is something that is not going to work for you. You must forgive. If you hear anything that I'm saying to you this morning, church, it's this, walk in forgiveness. Just decide to do it. It may take a thousand times. Maybe it takes three years of praying it every single day before you start feeling it. It doesn't matter what your feelings. You decide this is what I'm gonna do and what I'm gonna walk in. I forgive today in Jesus' name. And then you may go six months and not even think about it. It's like it's over, it's gone, it's behind me. That betrayal that I went through, that person that stabbed me in the back, whatever it may be, I'm telling you, you may not even think about it anymore. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, out of nowhere, it just, bam, it hits you and you think about it again. What are you gonna do? I'm telling you what you're gonna do is you're just gonna speak it out loud. Lord, I just bless them. Lord, I forgive that person in Jesus' name. I bless them in the name of the Lord. And then you go on. That's how you forgive. And eventually, your feelings will line up. I'm gonna keep going. Number six is we're gonna pray for deliverance from the devil and all of his schemes. Matthew 6, 13a says, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Do you guys know that we are in a battle? Christianity, I wish it was just, you know, all fun and games and just we come to church and we worship the Lord and we hold hands, we pray and we sing and we go home and life's just awesome. But that's not the way it is. We live in a fallen world and you have an enemy. We have a common enemy and his name is Satan and he has a plan for your life just like God does, except it's opposite. You know what the devil's plan for your life is? He wants to steal everything there is possible to steal from you. He wants to steal your children from you. He wants to steal your marriage. After that, he wants to kill you. He wants to kill you in every way there is to kill you. And he wants to destroy your destiny. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. If it's important enough for Jesus to tell us we have to fight, I'm telling you this morning, church, listen to me. You've got to fight. You've got to stand up and fight. And this is where that spiritual muscle memory kicks in. Because every day I've stored up the word of God in my heart. I've hidden it inside of me. And so when the fight comes, I pull out the word. You know what the word is? It's your sword and you swing that sucker. When the fight comes, when the devil comes for your kids, you say, no, in the name of Jesus, you can't have them because the word says this. When the devil comes for your health, you say, no, you can't have it because the word says this. This is the benefits of the Lord. He loads me up daily. Come on, you let the word of God come up out of you daily. Listen to me, church. We're in a fight. You can't afford not to fight. We have the tools to fight. We not only have the tools to fight, guess what? We win. 
We win. I've read the end of the book. If you haven't yet, you need to. We win. Hallelujah. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You're in a battle. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. We are in a fight. Use the authority. Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And then last, number seven, we're gonna end our prayer time just about the same way we started. We're gonna end it with declaring God's authority, God's power, and God's majesty. It says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When I pray that after having my prayer time, I just feel like I'm just kicking the devil in his teeth. It's like a stamp on the deal. It's like I'm sealing the deal. I pray all this. I go through my prayer time and then I end it with, but yours, God. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory forever. Amen. That's how we end our prayer time. I want you to stand with me this morning. We're gonna have a prayer time. If our altar team, our ministry team will please make your way. When I prayed about today, I really felt like there's three things I wanted us to pray for in our prayer time. Um, The first is the forgiveness. Somebody in the sound of my voice this morning I'm convinced it's more than one. And to our church online, you need, to, you need to forgive some folks. You need to release some folks. You need to let some folks go and release them unto the Lord and begin to pray for them and bless them. And you need to begin to forgive them. This altar time, these altars are gonna be open. And if that's you I'm speaking to, listen to me. Nobody's looking at you for coming down here. Nobody's wondering what's going on in your life when you walk down here. Some of you need to walk down to this altar as we do this next song in worship, and you need to kneel down at this front, and you need to just begin to release folks. You need to begin to bless them, and you need to pray for them. And I'm telling you, it's gonna unkink this water hose of heaven in your life, and the Spirit of the Lord's gonna come upon you, and there's gonna be a new freedom that you're gonna walk in because you're obedient to the Word of God. You need to release some folks. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, I wanna tell you a personal story, just right quick. The last two weekends are the first two weekends in many, many years that if I wasn't either leading worship or ministering somehow, I'm usually on vacation. That's really about the only time I'm not doing something like this on a Sunday morning. But the last two weekends, last weekend we had a men's retreat Shep came, I went to the men's retreat. It was fantastic. I didn't even lead worship. I just went in there and just received. I had people pray for me. It was fantastic. The weekend before that, we went as a staff to a freedom conference in Florida, by the way, which was awesome. I know he hates the sand, but I love it. It was wonderful. And we went to Florida, and while we were there, I had people just laying hands on me. I didn't even know them. We went to these Church services and conferences, just wonderful just to receive. Listen to me. That's what this is for. 
You need prayer? Come and let somebody just lay hands on you. Come and come and be encouraged and let somebody just bless you and pray for you and your family. It's You need to get over any pride or anything that would keep you from just letting the Lord minister to you. This is the house of the Lord. It's a wonderful place to let people just lay hands on you and minister to you. Number three is this. If you're here today, maybe you're online and you're listening to me and you haven't decided to follow Jesus, Today is the day. Do not let this moment pass without making that decision. Do you know how easy it is to say yes to Jesus? The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. If that's you today, friend, don't leave this place without doing that. Just call upon his name. It's the best decision you'll ever make in your entire life, and it'll change your destiny for generation after generation after generation. Today is a day of salvation. Don't let it pass you by. So we're gonna pray. And if any of those things I'm talked about ministers to you, I'm telling you, feel free to come and let this altar be full of the Spirit of the Lord and let the Holy Spirit do what He wants. I'm gonna pray for us, then we're gonna do one more worship song this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you're good. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. Your mercies that are new this day. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now whatever you wanna do, that you would be free to do it. Holy Spirit, minister to your church. Lord, we love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.